Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a problem. Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome into the Ball Blast Podcast. This is the official relaunch of our podcast. I am so excited. Michelle, of course, always nice to have you. Uh, I am your host, Kate. This is my wife, Michelle. But if this is your first time listening, this is a very special episode because we have a new, improved show. We have a new co-host. Welcome, Jake Trowbridge, to the show, everybody. I'm very excited to be here as the uh, the third person of this tripod, if I can call it that. Of course. Michelle, everybody follow her on Twitter. You guys know me. I'm Michelle. You can find me on Twitter at ballblast. Um, ballblast, E-M. E-M. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallblast. Jake, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Because where did you come from? I... It feels like you just evolved into the show. Uh, just tell us something about yourself. Uh, three fun facts, if you will. No pressure. Ooh. We didn't talk about three this. Three fun facts you're just putting on him right now. <laughs> three fun facts. They have to be fun and they have to be factual. I feel like the new guy at work where they go around and they make you introduce yourself and stand yeah. up and say silliness. And I feel... Uh, terrified of this right now, but they're Who not are you going to sit all. with at lunch is the real question. I don't know. Not uh, you after you ask him not this question. Yeah, no, nobody sits with the... Just give us one fun fact, Jake. Okay, oh, I have a really good one. It's not related to football, fantasy football, sports, nothing. I grew up with two pet donkeys. Their names oh were God. Milton and Marl Burroughs. That's amazing, and we did not know this. Oh, my God. How did you keep that to yourself this whole time? You no, know, I like to be a little mysterious. I like to leave a little behind the curtain. Were they allowed in your house? No, no, never. <laughs> uh, we had a giant pasture. I grew up in, like, a, a pretty small town, farm-ish, farm-adjacent. And here's a really quick, cute story, because I know that's what everybody wants right now. But when I was a young We need tot, more stories about ass. Totally. This is an ass story, and it's a good one. When I was a little tot, my mom really wanted a horse. She's wanted one since she was a little gal. And my dad went to go to the horse farm to get a horse for her. Meanwhile, there was this section of donkeys that were much lower priced. And you could get two donkeys for significantly less than one <laughs> horse. Ergo, we became a donkey family. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. You had to make so much so many friends being like, Do you want to come see my donkeys? Like, I would be so down to go hang out with some donkeys. You would have instantly that's like, been actually my you know what? It's a romantic story. We're heading into Valentine's Day weekend. I absolutely love the timing. Killer. Bravo, Jake. Everybody tell 
the show what your favorite football team is. I know you're still recovering, as are we as Steelers fans. Uh, tell us your your team of choice and give me one fantasy player that you love to watch. Oh, goodness. I am a, a Packers homer here. If you don't hear it in my voice immediately, you will catch the Wisconsinite slipping out. I'm positive. Uh, don't you know? Time. Don't you know? <laughs> Uh, you will absolutely hear it eventually on this podcast, I'm sure. Uh, but the Packers are definitely my team. And not so coincidentally, uh, Devontae Adams happens to be one of my top dudes to watch. And I yeah. think he was a lot of people's favorite uh, this last year, especially if you had him rostered. I remember in the going into the 2019 season, I had Devontae Adams ranked as my wide receiver four. And this got Twitter very, very, very upset. Like, it was like I absolutely hated Adam's guts. You know, I couldn't stand him. That That's where everyone went to as soon as I had him at four instead of one. Uh, I, I got away with it because he got hurt, but he has been absolutely amazing. And I was pretty wrong about putting him at wide receiver four instead of one. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, injuries. It's not like hey, you we're not put him wide receiver twenty five or right? something outlandish. Oh, well, you should have been there that offseason. I don't know where you were. I don't know if you were like helping me out, but I got a lot of hate for it. The good news is we weren't talking points per game, so that's oh, absolutely yeah. the key there. I only use points per game when it helps me, not when it hurts me. Oh, for of sure. <laughs> Everybody, we are so excited to have Jake. We feel like he embodies what we are about so much. We're about get ballsy, be true to yourself, and that is what Jake is. But he's also funny while doing it. Not to toot my own horn or Michelle's. But, yeah, you just call this funny. But so, I, I have some giggles on this podcast. Everybody be sure to check out the Ball Blast Football website, ballblastfootball.com. When this drops, we will have launched officially our rookie profiles on ballblastfootball.com. A brand new feature, so go check those out. Follow the show at ballblastfb. If you are so generous... Smash the five-star review. It really, really means a lot. Uh, subscribe, all that good stuff. We are going to talk about the quarterback carousel today. And it's it's, it's full I, of centripetal force. I don't think I remember an offseason like this where so many great quarterbacks could end up on different teams. There's so many, even so many middling quarterbacks that can play. Like, they're decent starters. Might be on different teams come 2021. And... Then we add in three three or four or maybe five pretty good rookies that are coming out of the draft. So there's a lot to talk about uh, when it comes to which starting quarterbacks we might be watching come September. Oh, for real. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Talk of the town. You're the talk of the town. Talk of the town. So we're going to talk about the quarterbacks, of course. We're going to segue into the quarterbacks by uh, discussing a little something interesting, some gossip, some uh, some of the, the hotness on Twitter recently, the talk of the town, Russell Wilson. Uh, we have to address this because his uh, recent press conference has everybody in a tizzy. We need to know what does it mean? Uh, how do we interpret these very... Uh, Interesting statements from Russell Wilson. So how much are people overreacting first, Jake? I mean, come on, from this interview. <laughs> I think, look, it's that time. There's, there's no football now, all of a sudden. And so we have to be clinging on to something football-related to entertain us. 
to get us talking on Twitter, to get us arguing on Twitter. And so anytime a comment like what Russell has been saying leaks out, yeah, there's going to be a lot of overreaction, I think. If you guys have not been paying attention to the news, Russell Wilson has come out to say he's frustrated, which, uh, understandable. He is frustrated with being hit so much. He has taken 394 sacks in his career. Yeah, and that's the most in a player's first nine seasons since the 1970 NFL merger. Before anyone gets mad at me, I am a massive Russell Wilson fan, and I do not mean to put all the blame on him. It clearly, He's clearly a great quarterback. There's clearly other issues on that team and on the offense. But the way he plays, you know, the way he holds onto the ball – the way he tries to make a play happen no matter what in deep plays, that causes sacks. It's not all on his team or all on his offensive line. He holds onto the ball forever, right? Like, am I crazy here? Oh, no, you're absolutely not crazy. Russell Wilson, uh, though I do, I mean, he. It, this is not to say that he has not had issues with his offensive line. He has. He is absolutely. But he's also had some, like, good moments where – his offense has his offensive line has sort of got it together and you know what he still dances around and he dances out of the pocket and back into the pocket and, and a lot of this could be on the OC too right like so much is about the scheme are the wide receiver wide receivers getting open fast enough or are they just throwing them deep you know having them run deep cuz they're like Russell Wilson's just going to chuck it but you need time for those plays to develop. Uh, if you look at the stats this season in 2020, average time to throw, Russell Wilson had the – it was tied for the third longest average time to throw. Uh, that was tied with Lamar Jackson, and he was only behind Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen. Now, Baker Mayfield had a fantastic line, so he could take time to throw. Josh Allen had a pretty decent line, and, you know, he's a great runner, kind of like Russell Wilson – and Lamar Jackson, I'm sorry, he's way more elusive than Russell Wilson. Both great runners, but Lamar Jackson can get out of sacks a little bit easier than Russell Wilson can. So he's going to need to get the ball out of his hands quicker if he wants this to change. And yes, a new OC can change things and make a better system, get the ball out of his hands better. But I do think there has to be a middle ground here where Russell Wilson's willing to dump it off more. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He does. And as Steelers fans, we saw this with Big Ben, right? Earlier in his career, for almost his entire career, it took way too long for him to realize, hey, I don't need to go long every time. I don't need to hold on to it. Like, I don't need to make the biggest play happen. I will start going shorter. Now, this season, he went overboard, and the system went overboard. It wasn't just his fault. And when I, we're comparing Russell Wilson and Big Ben, this is like the first year Big Ben never got sacked. I mean, he never got sacked. But the issue was he was getting the ball out so quickly that the offense also sucked. Like, you want to have a middle ground here. When we're looking at plays, this is all from PFF, 
uh, of quarterbacks that hold onto the ball over two and a half seconds from snap um, to throwing it in the pocket. Uh, Big Ben was at 167 dropbacks where he held onto the ball for over two and a half seconds. Russell Wilson was at 381. 381-167. That's a massive difference. Now, the issue is both were bad, right? We saw that offense not working with Russell Wilson holding the ball that long. We saw the Steelers' offense, you know, just, oh, my God, so lame getting the ball away that quickly. You need to find somewhere in the middle, and that's right where Aaron Rodgers and right where Tom Brady lie. They lie right at that 281. Uh, I think Tom Brady's at 288, sorry, and then uh, Aaron Rodgers is at 291. Like right in the middle there with Russell Wilson and Big Ben is where you want to go. Oh yeah, but like let's let's be clear. Tom Brady is more on the checkdown side. Aaron Rodgers is more on hero ball side. But let's get down to like what this conversation actually means because I think what we're all sort of trying to say because we're we're making a big deal out of this conversation is is there a possibility? Is there a world where you can imagine that Russell Wilson and the Seahawks aren't together? I really can't. It, I feel, can't it feels too weird to even think about that, partially because I don't think that that is Russell Wilson's personality. I, he's not Mr. Ruffle Feathers. He's not really been the squeaky wheel in the past, and this could just be... I mean, in terms of frustration goes, you have to admit this is still very, very tame in comparison to what you hear from other folks. I mean, this is nowhere near even situations happening elsewhere in quarterback world this year. Like, he is... Still being pretty timid about it. I think that he, hey, look, maybe you're looking to get a little extra extension from your contract. Maybe you're looking yeah. for some monetary incentives to come your way out of this. But I don't think he leaves Seattle. I don't think so either. And, I mean, if we said this about Tom Brady and the Patriots, though, last offseason, I didn't think he was going to leave there because it was impossible to picture Tom Brady anywhere else. Now, that's not on the same level as Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, but I still feel like I don't think he leaves. Like, I really don't think there's any chance they trade him unless they were to get some insane, insane package, which it's not going to happen. So he'll be there. But as much as Russell Wilson wants to stop being sacked, he's going to need to change up his play style. That's all. Oh, def it's definitely part of the game, but I do think, imagine we just had Matthew Stafford go to the Rams for two firsts. You would need to trade, like, two firsts, uh, all of the other firsts in the NFL, plus, plus, plus. Like, I, I can't imagine in the world where you set the market for Matthew Stafford where you did, where Russell Wilson is ever attainable. Real quick before we move on, would you rather, real quick answer, would you rather Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson on Dennis the Packers? Let's think about the Packers. Oh, oh geez. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, why would you do this? Uh, Deshaun Watson. I will say okay. Deshaun Watson. I think he's like a top four true talent. Yeah, I would agree with you. And also the age helps. What about you? Uh, I would go with Deshaun Watson as well. I think, I mean, we've seen Russell Wilson year after year after year and we've seen him be great we've seen uh i do think russell wilson can carry a team more than deshaun watson can even if i think watson's more purely talented well we're gonna get into deshaun watson in a little bit here let's go ahead let's jump in and talk about the quarterback carousel in 2021 it's this landscape is absolutely mind-blowing 
when you think of the number of just absolute key offensive pieces that could be jumping around the league here, insane. So we already have one mega trade in the books. We already referenced it. Matthew Stafford to the Rams, Jared Goff to Detroit, Stafford to the Rams. Do we like this better for the offense? Yes. The answer is yes. Yes, we like it. Was it worth giving two first-round picks and a third-round pick and Jared Goff? Do you think so? Because I'm like, oh, man. Look, if if this ends up putting them over the top and they at least get to the Super Bowl, then everybody will say, yes, it's totally worth it. But, if but they you don't... got to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Like, you did get to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff, so I think you have to win. Like, that's the only way this works out. You have to win a Super Bowl. I mean, I think that everybody looks at the appearance of Jared Goff in that Super Bowl, and they don't think about Jared Goff in the Super Bowl. They think about Sean McVay in the Super Bowl. That is not... I, I don't feel like anybody credits that team to Jared Goff whatsoever, and it's because of the way he was able to scheme. But guess what? Defenses figure scheme out pretty quickly, and that's just as much on Jared Goff as it is on Sean McVay. But if you don't feel like your quarterback has like the right skill set to adjust in that scheme, time to move on. Wild question to ask here. What if we get into 2021 and we're like, oh, defenses have just caught up to Sean McVay. It wasn't Jared Goff. It's possible. It's always possible. And I honestly kind of thought that over the last couple of years because we saw a dip happen with Sean McVay's offenses. And he had he did adjust, to be fair. He adjusted his offensive scheme, I think, pretty significantly over the last year, year and a half, like his usage of tight ends completely changed. But I don't But think... was that good? No, that's the problem is, yeah. is you can only, you can change for the sake of change to try and throw other people off. But unless it is quality change, it doesn't mean anything. So yeah. I'm skeptical a little bit, but I do like Matt Stafford as a quarterback. I think that he is much more talented than Jared Goff. It's not a slight to Jared Goff. It's just like I feel bad for Safford being locked into that Detroit system for so many years uh, no, recently. Definitely. So I don't know. It's a freeing moment for him, and I hope that he just goes and, and crushes it. What I say is the biggest thing. I think the difference between Goff and Stafford, I obviously think Stafford's just a better quarterback in general, and he is able to scramble better, you know, throw those deep balls. But also it's just his, like, football smarts. I don't think Jared Goff is the smartest ball um, in the lamp. Uh, what is the saying? I think <laughs> No, the, that's it. That's the, the that's the saying for now and forever. <laughs> the smartest bulb in the lamp. Um he maybe I'm not the smartest bulb in the lamp either. <laughs> but when he's at the line, it just seemed like Sean McVay couldn't do too much with him. He's like trying to teach him like great ways of running this offense. He was just very limited with the way Goff's brain worked. Maybe this is unfair to him and I'm just putting stuff on him. I do think he'll be able to do a lot more creative you know, play styles with Stafford. All right. But who, my real question, I think everyone wants answered instead of talking about the stupid Rams and if they'll be good. Who does this help in fantasy? Is it Robert Woods or is it Cooper Cup or is it both? I think it's Robert Woods. Does it hurt either one of them? Because I would go with Cooper Cup. It helps. Really? Okay, go ahead. I feel like Golden Tate had his best years with Matthew Stafford. If Matthews, like Danny Amendola had over 600 yards both years, like that's not what you want out of your fantasy quarterback or fantasy wide receiver. But I do think like he likes going to the slot. 
And when he had a good one like Golden Tate, he was pretty good. He was pretty good. He did reliably use him. But I do think that Sean McVay's system is just more prone to using the tight end. So the the thing for me that's interesting is that Gerald Everett is a free agent. Oh, you're going to get on this Tyler Higby train again, aren't you? Throwback Thursday. Were you on the Tyler Higby train in 2020? I was firmly off both tight ends. I was that that doofus in the middle. I was like, you're you can both be right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I am actually if if Gerald Everett is out, mm-hmm. I do believe that Tyler Higby is very capable. He was very active in the offense, but he did a lot of blocking. Um, if they do have uh, you know a, a role to fill in tight end, he proved himself as a receiver. Uh, is this an upgrade for Cam Akers? Because we haven't really seen, in, it's not necessarily Matthew Stafford's fault, but it's not like we've seen tremendous running back success in Detroit. Do you think we? Do you think uh, Stafford targets his running backs more than Goff will? I don't think anything that Goff was doing really had to do with Goff, though. Is the issue like I think it was all McVay, and we saw in 2018 McVay used Gurley like crazy in the passing game. 2019, that went away. 2020, he didn't use Akers or Henderson in the passing game, where I think both could excel in that area. He just wouldn't use them. Do you think he uses them more now with Stafford there? I think by default, he's going to have to. I think it was more of a Detroit issue than a Matt Stafford issue with those running backs. I think it was just crazy, terrible utilization and some bad luck. To be fair, I mean, carry on Johnson and the injuries. I hate to put it all on carry on Johnson just being carry on Johnson. Make you rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they did have a little bit of bad luck to go along, along with it. I don't think that there's any way this is a downgrade for Cam Akers. I think, I don't, I don't know that I could see a downgrade for any offensive piece with Matt Stafford going in. I think yeah. I could see some people staying pat. Like Robert Woods, he might just stay where he is, which was very good. For fantasy, uh, but I don't know that you're going to see him all of a sudden shoot up to wide receiver eight because Matt Stafford's there. Cooper Cup, he has to finish better than he did this this year uh, with Goff. I could see him at least inching closer to fringe wide receiver one because you're right, mm-hmm. it, Matt Stafford has targeting tendencies that should overlap with Cup. Yeah, I do think like Cooper Cup's going to be right around my wide receiver ten to twelve. I know I'm going to get high on him. I really do like him. And like we just talked about running backs back in the day. I mean, who is, oh, who was the running back for Detroit Lions that is not good whatsoever, but he had like 100 targets. Is that Amir Abdullah? Or no, Theo Riddick. Theo Riddick, yes. Theo Riddick had like 100 targets. But even if you go through back in the day, like the early like 2010s through 2015, all of those running backs were getting targeted like crazy. So it's not out of Matthew Stafford's wheelhouse to, you know, dump down to his running back. So I am excited to see what Akers, and I am going to throw in Henderson there because you guys know I'm a Henderson truther, uh, and uh, hopefully he gets some more targets next year as well. Talking about the other side of the trade, Jared Goff goes to Detroit. We don't have a lot to talk about There's not a lot to talk about because there's no wide receivers on the team right now. Which free agent wide receiver do you think would be a good fit with Jared Goff? Would it be bringing back Kenny Galladay? Would it be bringing in Allen Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Will Fuller? Like, who goes with Cooper, or who goes with Jared Goff? Ugh. 
God, do we have to do this? <laughs> Honestly, one person I'd be interested to see go there is Curtis Samuel. One, okay. because I don't think his value could get any more <clears throat> suppressed <laughs> than, it, <laughs> than it already is. Um, but I don't, I don't see any of the big names going there and thriving either. is the problem. So I don't want to wish that on any of these big name wide receivers because I think if they land there, it's going to be an automatic downgrade. That yeah. is to say, even if I don't even know if Jared Goff's going to be their starter in 2021, to be fair, I've already heard rumors that there could be another move happening. And this was Oof. just part one of a multi-trade ordeal uh, there. But if Goff's there, I don't like it for anybody, basically. And Jared Goff should probably want to be traded again. I don't know how many free agent wide receivers are going to be like, yes, I want to go to Detroit. Like, that's where they, like, I'm going to thrive. Like, not a lot of people are big on Jared Goff, A, and, like, new coach, I don't know, Detroit. Let's talk about, I mean, like, so let's journey back maybe four years. We would have said the same exact thing about the Buffalo Bills. So, like, I, call them your horses. Yeah, I but nobody know wanted to go to Buffalo Bills. Antonio Brown literally said no. Like, I'm not going there. I will not go there. And then I'm never year, coming there. Yes. They almost went to the Super Bowl. That's fine. And they had to trade for Stefan Diggs. Like the, that and Stefan Diggs wasn't able to say no. It was a different type of situation. Or, you know, Diggs just didn't say no. Whatever way. But like free agents weren't running to Buffalo is the issue. Once they proved themselves, yes. People want to go to Buffalo now, but they're still going to choose a Tampa Bay and L.A. over Buffalo. It's all about destination, right? And I don't want people to get mad at me about saying Detroit, right? Like, I lived in Cleveland. I live in Pittsburgh. I live in those same type of cities as Detroit, and I love them. Absolutely love them. I'm sure your city's great. But when you're thinking about, like, a professional athlete, what their lives are like, I'm sure they want to be in a bigger scene, a warmer scene, if they can be. That's all, right. all I was saying there. I do. I did want to quickly say the Lions' current wide receivers right now, like this is what Jared Goff gets to work with, is Quintez Cephas, Geronimo Allison, Tom Kennedy, who I am telling you I can name so many wide receivers in this league and go through everyone's depth chart. Never heard of this dude. Tom Kennedy. Who is he? And, I'm still convinced you're making it up as yeah. we speak. <laughs> and Victor Bolden Jr., I, I, I don't know. Classic. I, the first two I know, I don't know who Tom Kennedy and Victor Bolden Jr. are. Those are the four wide receivers on the roster right now under contract for 2021. They are going to have to do some work. And probably they'll have to draft Devonta Smith or uh, Jamar Chase, which I don't know if I love that fit for them being but stuck there. This might just be another, uh, maybe this is a case of Josh Rosen 2.0. Oh, my God. No. You just, they sent him somewhere to... Oh my God. Can you, if you want to be the first overall pick, yes, go get Josh Rosen. And then you can just get the top quarterback next year. Uh, rumored trades that I was really hoping happened before this podcast. I mean, all week long, we've been hearing Carson Wentz is going to be traded any second now. Carson Wentz, it's going to happen. And now, like this week, it seems like it kind of really died down because apparently uh, the Eagles GM is like, mm, we want two firsts for Carson Wentz. They want a Matthew Stafford-like package, but I'm, I don't think we've seen – so from Matthew Stafford, we've seen at least a very uh, long, average career. I I think Matthew Stafford is above average. Y'all, calm down. But I'm saying in terms of what he did for his franchise, they've been fine. 
Like, they, they've been fine. They haven't been fine. They've been terrible. They've been terrible. But they, like, he's been fine. So I, I just want to say that. But I, I don't know. I, I just think what has Wentz shown you in this period of time? Because there's really a, a very small window where I can point to and say, like, oh, he was almost MVP for about five minutes. And outside of that five-minute period, I... Kate, people still I use that about days. Derek Carr. I have good days. We all have good days. But people still use that about Derek Carr. And if you go look at Derek Carr's season, it would have been the worst MVP season of life. Like, yes, he had 30 passing touchdowns that year. Good for him before he broke his leg. Like, if he won that, it's because all other quarterbacks absolutely sucked that year. Derek Carr was never in the MVP discussion. I don't think Carson Wentz really should have been either. I do think Carson Wentz is a semi-decent quarterback. Like, if he can come to Pittsburgh, I would be excited. Okay, let me let me tell you this. Let me see if it changes your mind. Among quarterbacks with 250 or more dropbacks, so that qualifies 35 quarterbacks in the 2020 season, from a clean pocket, which, uh, Jake, this was before your time here at Ball Blast Football, but we did have uh, PFF Eric on from Pro Football Focus who – taught us that one of the most important things when you're looking at a quarterback is how are they performing in a clean pocket because pressure is unpredictable but when you're in a clean pocket that is like more purely the decision making of the quarterback yeah um in a clean pocket (laughs) Carson Wentz ranked 35th out of 35 quarterbacks in adjusted completion percentage so that gets away like that throws a drops that throws out you know just those throwaway balls when you know you're trying not to get sacked yeah because that's the first thing people would say is well his wide receivers drop the ball well it takes it away and he's still 35th out of 35th yikes he ranked 33rd out of 35 of those quarterbacks in passer rating in a clean pocket he had 12 touchdowns 10 interceptions that's not good that is not That does not make me very confident in your decision-making. Is he really going to uh, be – I mean, he's got the financial payload that you have to deal with. You're going to have to give up some picks. Like, what team is going to trade for him? I have actually seen that the Eagles will have to pay most of his salary anyway, so he's going to be cheap no matter where he goes. But, yeah, I mean, those numbers are bad. His 2020 numbers are absolutely terrible. And you're not drafting him for 2020. You're drafting him thinking that you can fix him from earlier on in his career and get him back to that. Like, what do you think about Carson Wentz, Jake? Would Like, if you're the Bears, I think that's a key question here is because the Bears and Indy are trying to get him is what we're hearing. Now, Indy doesn't have a quarterback right now. So, yeah, he's going to be an upgrade from Jacoby Brissett. But is Carson Wentz an upgrade from Mitch Trubisky? I want to say yes. Uh, Me too. Because that's how we much all want I things. dislike <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. But I'm actually starting to lean a little bit closer to it being a lateral move. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think that Carson Wentz's issues are more just mental. You talked about what his ratings were from a clean pocket. But I do think that he got affected by all those times he wasn't having a clean pocket and had people constantly bearing down on him. But a, a strong, capable quarterback mentally should be able to deal with that so that when you're presented with good opportunities, you can take advantage of them, which he did not. So maybe a change of scenery clears his head. Maybe it doesn't. And that's a really big gamble. 
And I would personally rather stick with the consistent, if boring, option in Mitch Trubisky than take another gamble if you're the Bears because that's all you've been doing. It hasn't worked out. Stop it. Stop doing that, Bears, and just stick with somebody for another year. The Bears are the guy that keeps showing up to the casino, blowing his entire paycheck, and he's like, that's fine. I'll get it all back next paycheck. And for he, sure. He, but he comes to the casino every Friday like clockwork. Uh, I assume this guy gets paid weekly. <laughs> um, he, he shows up every Friday like clockwork, and he blows his whole paycheck, and that is what the Bears are doing over and over again. When it, I mean, I feel like we've already seen this story. The, the equation is not that hard. When you have a defense like the Chicago Bears have, the, the math is not hard. You don't need a ton on the other end you just need something consistent and I think Mitch Trubisky is more consistent than Carson Wentz I think we're just kind of making that up though also both teams are bad right like I want to be with you both and he said it perfectly I want to say Carson Wentz is an upgrade that's what I want to say because it feels like you know we all like making fun of Mitch Trubisky it's an easy thing to do and he just feels so bad but when you look at the stats it's like okay if I could just change them in and out, right? Like if I just put Wentz in Chicago, I don't have to pay anything. Yes, I want Wentz over Trubisky because I just think his ceiling is higher. But if I had to pay a first and then I like just to get an upgrade from Trubisky to Wentz, I'm not doing it. I mean, it's not even just talking about 2020 seasons where Mitch Trubisky had a much better 2020 season all around the board. Like there's nothing you can say about those two seasons where you can say one's had a better season. There just isn't. But even if you look at 2019, they both completed 63% of their passes. Okay. Yes, Carson Wentz had some more passing yards, but their passing yards per attempt, 6.7, 6.1. Being in the sixes is bad. Either way you look at it. I mean, yes, you want 6.7 over 6.1, but they both suck. So, and yeah, Wentz had more passing touchdowns, but he had... 14 giveaways compared to Trubisky's 12. So two more giveaways. I don't know. Like, I just don't, I don't, I don't think it's enough. And their sacks were the same. It was 37 sacks for Wentz, 38 sacks for Trubisky. So you can't even compare, like, blame it on that. So I have a theory. What we're doing here, uh, if, if we're the Eagles and Bears, we're saying, uh, hey, do you want to trade your rotten apple for my rotten orange? And then you're moving on. But somebody's going to have to pay a first round pick for that rotten apple or orange. And I just don't think it's worth it. Let's move on to a much more fun scenario. I want to talk about Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson. I mean, anyone that gets him is going to be thrilled out of their minds. And it comes down to who has the equity to pay for the Deshaun Watson without destroying their franchise. Because that can happen, right? Like, you can pay too much where it's like, how are we going to build around him? How are we going to protect him? How are we going to have a good defense? Because that is key, right? Like, you need to have a somewhat average defense to win the Super Bowl. So where do we want to see Deshaun Watson go? Because I feel like the Jets would be a kind of a bad situation for him. Uh, Miami, I think, would be the best. Do you agree with that? Ooh, I don't know that it would be the best, in my opinion. I think it would be... Fine. I think it would be much better than a lot of the landing spots that I've seen listed for him. But I really want Deshaun Watson to go to someplace with a superb offensive line. I think he deserves that at this point after yeah. suffering through what he's he's been through. So 
honestly, like indie. Put him to, in indie for me because they have, I believe it's the seventh ranked offensive line from this last year. They definitely have enough of an arsenal for him. Not that he really needs more than like one weapon these days. <laughs> um, but they do. The other one that's interesting, if it's not indie, would be Washington. Because like you're talking about with Oof. the defense, they have a yeah. great defense. They also have plenty of cap space and, again, a good quality offensive line. For some re reason, Washington just sounds so gross. Like, I don't want him there. But you're right. I mean, they made the playoffs. Yes, it was in the worst division of all time. But they gave Tampa Bay a run for their money in the playoff game. They have a really solid young defense. And Terry McLaurin's there. And anywhere Deshaun Watson goes, wide receivers will go. So if you have any cap space to pay up, you don't even have to pay up for wide receivers. There'll be market value because of Deshaun Watson. You'll be able to get them there. So I'm not worried about wide receivers they have there. Like you said, you need to have that offensive line in place. Yes, indeed would be the perfect situation ever. But do you think there's any way the Texans trade inside their division? Like, No. No. That will never happen. That would never happen. Because can you imagine it. having to play him twice a year? Oh, <laughs> that would be Now terrible. I need it to happen, though. I need it based off of the mismanagement of Houston. I want that revenge narrative as much as I can get it. So if there's a way <laughs> that be, we can all manifest this right now, I think we should try. To be totally honest with the ineptitude that we've seen from Houston, it, maybe it wouldn't be surprising if they did trade within their own division. But what I would love to see, and this is totally excluding the, the narrative of improving offensive line. All right. I'm not looking to improve offensive line. But if I had a if I had one pick and I'm Roger Goodell and I could trade him to any team, we've already heard that the 49ers might be interested in Kirk Cousins. What if we sent Deshaun Watson to Minnesota where he gets to play with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson? I Stop would, it. Stop it. Quarterback <laughs> one. What, oh, that's quarterback killing one. Jake right now with a Packers fan. Quarterback it's okay. one. It's okay. I can handle this. I can handle this. <laughs> uh, it would shoot those tight ends to the moon as well. So Irv Smith would be like, I mean, I already like him. I don't like him as much as a lot of people do right now. But if Deshaun Watson is there, hell yes, I want all of that Irv Smith too. Speaking of Deshaun Watson, I brought up I think he's a good fit with Miami or maybe not such a good fit with the Jets, but obviously the Jets would love to have him, right? Like we would think so. Do we think that either the Jets or the Dolphins should move on from their young quarterbacks? I mean, clearly one is a little bit easier to decide about, right? Like Sam Darnold and not the a Jets, do you think they should break up? Do you think they should break up? Yeah, I think both parties have seen enough of what they need to see from each other. I think they should both mutually want that at this point. Yeah. And there's, but you know what's surprising to me? There's so many Jets fans who want to stick with Sam Darnold and just draft other pieces to support him. I am shocked by, by how much like loyalty there is in that fan base with Sam Darnold, who has been absolutely atrocious. I don't think that's a mean thing to say. Like That's what he's been. And you can blame it all on Adam Gase if you want to. I don't really think that's fair. I, I think both sides are to blame. Sam Donald's been bad, bad. Not even, like, slightly bad, bad, bad. Uh, he has me seeing ghosts. That's all I got to say. <laughs> oh, good one. That's a callback.
<laughs> do we think that maybe those Jets fans want to see another year of Darnold because they want to see if it was truly Gaze or not? Like, are they just holding on for that hope that it's going to right all ships because Gaze is gone, the bad man left? Maybe, but you saw how, how hard it was for them just to be the second overall pick, right? Like, they were trying for the first, and they still got second somehow. Like, how can you say next year you'll have the same opportunity to take someone as good as Justin Fields or as good as Zach Wilson, if that's your preference? Either one, I think, are good quarterbacks that are coming into this league. Like, I think is, this is your chance to go get a top-tier quarterback, and you don't have a lot of those shots. True. Very true. I speak uh, not on behalf of Jets fans because I am surprised that you just told me that they wanted to keep Sam Darnold around. Yeah, right. But for sure, it's all about opportunity. Even if you believe that Darnold is fine, which I am more lenient on him, I think. I really, truly am. I do kind of blame Gaze a little bit. And he didn't have a lot of quality receiving options. Uh, so I but we saw Joe Flacco be better. We saw Joe Flacco come into the game with the same exact team, with the same exact uh, coach, and he actually performed better. He was able to feed his wide receivers. They actually came alive. Like Rashad Perriman actually was a person with Joe Flacco, <laughs> and he completely died off with Sam Darnold. Uh, all I have to say is, okay, so we're looking at Sam Darnold has been in the league now for three years. It's not like he's brand new. He's been in for three years. I'm looking at all quarterbacks in their first three seasons in the NFL to start 20-plus games, all right? 20-plus games in the first three seasons. That means they're given a chance to actually play in the NFL. If you look at the quarterbacks who completed less than 60% of their passes and had lower than an 80 passer rating, like combined in their three seasons, I this, just want y'all to brace yourselves. This isn't a nice list. This is the list of guys. <laughs> oh, no. It's not It's not long. It's nine quarterbacks. So this is the list. Blaine Gabbert, Blake Bortles, Brandon Whedon, Colt McCoy, Geno Smith, Mark Sanchez, Sam Bradford, Sam Darnold, Trevor Simeon. When Sam Bradford is the best on that list by far, you have some issues. And let me just point out, it's hilarious that Geno Smith, Mark Sanchez, and Sam Darnold are all on, all on that list. Like, the Jets suck at drafting quarterbacks. <laughs> True. But, I mean, I don't know how you expected me to take this list poorly when you have Blake the Snake Bortles on there. I mean, clearly, maybe he's just the outlier, but he's basically a demigod. So this list just kind of proves that Sam Darnold <laughs> does belong to stay with the Jets. No, that's, um, so, that's so gnarly. I did not realize that. Um, that's how bad like he's it. been and people are like well he's shown like he's had a couple good games it's like he's had a couple games for like oh he was slightly average like good for him that's all he's shown is that he can be slightly average and if that's your goal to be slightly average you are going to die in the NFL you're going to be the worst franchise because you're going to be 7 and 9 6 and 10 8 and 8 even 9 and 7 that's the worst place you want to be and that's his ceiling is average he has no other ceiling than average and let's be honest, the Jets do know a little something about being a, a bad franchise. Like, I, I, there's no way to beat around the bush there. I know Jacksonville has the number one overall pick, but I still think the Jets are the worst team in the NFL, like, without question. Well, people are going to be mad at you for that. I think it's going to be the Lions this year. Anyways, obviously, oh no, I'm not saying for this year. Uh, oh. No, probably still for this year. Never mind. I think um, I think the Jets need to move on, and I would, if I was them, I'd be taking Justin Fields. But 
I think Zach Wilson's fine either way. Do you have a preference between the two yet or too early in the offseason to decide? Too early for me. Personally, yeah. I, I don't even get into rookies hardcore until way deep into the summer months. Yeah, and honestly, we just started after the regular season. So we're not like crazy into it yet, but I am a massive Justin Fields fan. So I would love to see him go early. And I do think the Jets would be a nice fit. But seeing this list of quarterbacks that they've ruined, uh, maybe I don't want him to go there. Now, Miami's a much harder question because Tua really didn't get his shot. I mean, he didn't, he started what, half a season? People were still hung up on Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick kept coming in to try to win games that he the, couldn't. No, the Dolphins were still hung up on yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick. You cannot tell me that you really gave Tua a shot when literally every time you saw him struggle, you had. Ryan Fitzpatrick warming up on the bench. That is not a way to treat your starter. I'm sorry, the Dolphins. I'm I'm not a huge Tua fan, but the Dolphins screwed this one up. I'm not a huge Tua fan either, and he didn't. But he also had Devontae Parker as his only wide receiver, and he was injured almost the entire year, playing through injuries. So I really don't think he was given a fair chance. But if you get the opportunity, like the Dolphins have, to either go get Watson because of all the draft picks you have or draft someone early, do you take that and move on from Tua and like trade him? It's so tough. If you are in that position where you just took this guy that was going to be the savior of your offense and you haven't gotten the chance to actually see him do that because of your own doing, admittedly, like you guys both said, like it was all their mismanagement. But... Do you cut bait so quickly after not getting to really see it? Is that part of a sunk cost fallacy where like now you're just, you're sticking with him, you know, because uh, we have to, because we drafted him? Or is it because maybe this kid actually has something that can be good for your team and you can still use that pick to either trade down and accumulate massive amounts of other picks to fill all of the holes that are still on your roster? and then tough it out with him, knowing that there might be a chance still for them to trade for, if Tua doesn't work out this year and you stick with him, there's still a chance for you to trade for somebody potentially next year that would be a higher caliber. No, it's not going to be a Trevor, but it could be somebody still significantly better. I, I don't know. This is this, me just being a weenie, basically. <laughs> this is my only question, right? So we saw last year Washington have an early pick, and they're like, well, we just took Dwayne Haskins. So we're not going to take the quarterback early. We're not going to take Justin Herbert, the offensive rookie of the year. Woo! woo! Love that man. <laughs> Even though they probably – They took the defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I know. They probably would have took Tua anyways, so they could have been you know, doubly hurt, or maybe Tua would have been good there. Who knows? We still don't know about Tua. But they had their opportunity. They didn't take it, and now they cut – Dwayne Haskins, and they're stuck with no quarterback. We saw this with the the Browns. Hey, 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 they just signed Taylor Heineke to a two-year extension. We just saw the Browns do this uh, a few years uh. back. They they traded out with uh, Houston. Or no, they traded out with the Chiefs. They traded out with one of them. Uh, they didn't want to take Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson uh, because they felt like, oh, we've been taking quarterbacks lately. We're going to take Miles Garrett, who is absolutely amazing, just like Chase Young is. But they're not the same as having a Watson or having Mahomes. What if Miami is missing out on their next Mahomes or Watson with Fields or Wilson uh, and they stick with Tua and he's just not it? 
Well, it's a I, hard question to answer. It's definitely. I think it's a balance. I mean, it's it's literally kind of like dynasty trading. Uh, you want to make sure you're you're selling a player, you're trading away a player when their value is high enough that the other person isn't doubting it as much as you are. Can I just say I would I, if I'm looking at this from Miami's perspective, I would rather do the trade for the proven asset at this point for Deshaun Watson, then yeah. invest another high pick in a quarterback who, yes, presumably should work out, but when you've had this opportunity so many times and it's failed you so many times, I think at that point you have to go with the proven guy. Question, do we think the Arizona Cardinals made a mistake? They, oh, moved, see, on from, yeah. they moved on from Josh Rosen very quickly. Like, I thought too quickly. And this is very much sort of the same scenario we're not looking at the Arizona Cardinals like they made a big mistake. I think we're everybody, thinking of them as brilliant. Oh, we think of them as brilliant. So it, maybe we are underestimating the uh, the scouting ability, or uh, I guess it's not scouting ability because they drafted them in the first place. But maybe maybe we're doubting their evaluation process and and seeing this guy develop while healthy, and maybe they do need to move on. Either way, I think when you have a defense as good as they have, when you have Xavier Howard, who's just a, an interception machine, you've just got so much potential there. I think you like just go for the superstar. You already know Deshaun Watson is good and you don't even need anything. You don't need a wide receiver within like a three mile radius and he's going to be good. But the great thing about that is they don't need to draft a wide receiver in Miami. People are going to want to go to Miami. It's Florida. No taxes, no state taxes. And they get to go play with Deshaun Watson. So you can probably get, you know, all of Allen Robinson, Juju, Will Fuller. You can pay them all. <laughs> like you can get them all there, whoever you want. Moving on uh, to another great quarterback. We can hit on it very, very quickly. Free agent, possibly, Dak Prescott. Do we think he 100% signs back with the Cowboys? Yes. What do you think? I refuse to be definitive because it's Jerry Jones, <laughs> and I don't trust Jerry Jones with anything. Uh, yeah, 99% chance that he goes back there, but there is always that 1% that Jerry just goes nuts. It's like, no, I'm not going to do it. You go elsewhere, uh, and I'll, I'll find somebody else cheaper, um, but probably yes. He would be a great fit with Miami as well uh Dak Prescott that would be a beautiful thing other names that we can hit on quickly that maybe we'd like to see in certain places Cam Newton do we think he gets another another starting gig after what he did in uh New England this year I like that we talk about that as as though it's like a he committed a sin like after what he did after what he did no it was just after the season he played did he even have 10 passing touchdowns I don't think he did what do you have he had more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns yeah, it was so bad. Uh, do we think he gets another starting job? He's going to have to compete. In my estimation, he's not walking into a starting job anywhere. But if he wants to go someplace that has maybe a loose quarterback room uh, where he can go in and compete with some folks, then sure. Like, honestly, look, if I don't get my wish of Deshaun going over to Washington, him in Washington makes a little bit of sense just so you can have you know, another veteran there to maybe be able to produce a quality season for you. Or but, like yeah. Indy, if they miss out on Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson, because uh, Deshaun Watson's not going there, obviously. 
uh, maybe Cam Newton's a, an, an option. You know, it's funny that almost caught, came out of my mouth was Carolina. <laughs> uh, <laughs> great I, fit. Yeah, that's a great fit. <laughs> Perfect fit. Mitch Trubisky, if Carson Wentz goes to the Bears, like, is Trubisky part of that trade for sure to the Eagles? I'd seen some rumblings that Foles was actually going to be part yeah. of the trade. And so if they hang on to Trubisky, Trubisky and have Carson Wentz there, that's going to be awkward. And I, don't I think know they where have to go. trade Trubisky at that point. And uh, any good fit for him? <laughs> Maybe the Saints? Oh, God, I no. Think, There's so no good fit this for him. Is, uh, like the, the rest of this list, let's just call it what it is. It's a disaster, okay? So you've got Cam Newton, Mitch Trubisky, Jameis Winston, not – Necessarily a disaster, but a also disaster. is also a disaster. Yes, um, Marcus Mariota. Are there any of these players that in a like a super flex dynasty league that you're willing to give up a pick for? Like, what are you doing with these guys who are? I, I mean, we've seen fantasy value from all of them from time to time. If they get a starting gig, they might act. I mean, Cam Newton was actually a fantasy-relevant quarterback last year because of his rushing upside. Is there any world where you're trading for any of these guys? I would love to see Winston with the Colts. I would love it. Love it, love it, love it. I would I'd love to see Winston with the Steelers, but it seems like Big Ben will but be back. But see, this is your moment to either buy or not buy these players. So, like, I, I'm saying, like, tonight... Marcus Mariota, I think, is your go-to buy. Mariota or Winston, I do think they land in better opportunities. I think Winston gets a starting gig somewhere. I'm not sure about Mariota, but I think he should be a starting quarterback. He was better than Derek Carr when he came in. I know it was one game, and maybe he wouldn't have lasted, but he looked good, and he looked fast. Like, dude looked fast. And that's right now, I feel like it wasn't as in when he first got into the NFL was like that running. It was more like, we want a quarterback who can throw. Over the last few years, it's like, no, we'll, we'll work with you. Like, we'll build a system around you. I think Mariota can find a good home if someone gives him his shot. I really also, do. do you remember him? Like, even when you saw him run in Tennessee, do you remember him looking that fast and that athletic? I know. Why was he so fast at such an older age? He, no, he looks fantastic. All I kept thinking was he had gray hair all of a sudden. I was like, that dude looks old. And then he got put into <laughs> the game. I was like, that dude doesn't look old. It was so uh, whiplash-inducing to actually see that. I'm personally, though, I I'm sending low picks for basically any quarterback right now because the amount of fluctuation that's going to happen, it's like, why not scoop up lottery tickets at this moment when they are definitely at their cheapest because so many spots are vacant? I think I, I posted on Twitter a couple weeks ago that, like, there's only 11 wow. quarterbacks locked up, like, locked, locked into their spots. That's two-thirds of a vacancy for quarterbacks. So some of these guys are going to get a job, and why not just send out, if you have the bench space and you're not, you know, too uh, clingy to some of your, your deeper bench guys, then there's, I would do it. This is going to be such a fun offseason. Even though we did say this last year, I felt like I was so excited for free agency and then just nothing happened. I'm like, how did nothing happen? But I really do believe this is going to be such a great offseason. The quarterback is the most important position. No matter if people want to admit that or not, they love defense, that's fine. Yes, other things matter, but having that quarterback is so important. I'm so excited to see where everyone lands. 
Everyone, we're going to be ending every episode a little bit differently than you're used to. We're going to be doing a segment called Let's Get Ballsy. That's pretty ballsy. That's pretty ballsy. Covered our asses out there, man. Some ballsy shots. Get ballsy. One of us gives a hot take that we truly believe. It's not just a hot take to throw it out there. It's more of a bold take, but we really truly believe it. And then the other two will decide if it's two ballsy or not. Is it one ball? Is it two balls? One ball or two balls. Or zero balls? Do you have zero balls? Or do no, you have the I whole? Don't think, I don't think we allow zero Do you have the whole package? Takes. We'll see. But <laughs> the first <laughs> hot take of the week is going to come from me because uh, I hogged the segment and I put mine in first. But I'm going to say Devonta Smith, which if you guys do not know of him yet, he is a player out of Alabama, a wide receiver. He was a Heisman Trophy winner, and he will be drafted most likely in the top 10 picks this year. I'm saying he's going to be a wide receiver one in 2021 in his rookie season in the NFL. Now, I did put an exception. My exception. There's always fine print. I, there's only one exception, and it's if the Jets stay with Sam Darnold and they take Devonta Smith. I am out. I am running so far away from this take, you will never find me again. But if anything else happens, I'm saying Devonta Smith, wide receiver one in his rookie season. What I, do you guys think? I think this is a little uh, – I would I would call this two balls. Um I, I think this is a full package. I I, I really do. Um, Devonta Smith, Ooh. I mean, he is an absolute animal. But I, I think there's a lot of stuff that you need to consider before you just throw him into a wide receiver one position. One of those is that to to beat out that wide receiver one position, he has to, he has to get ahead of the other 11 or so receivers. Which, but it, rookies have done that before. Rookies have done that. Like just this year. When just Justin Jefferson year. did it. But what Justin Jefferson did was absolutely unheard of. There's plenty of questions. Alabama is such a good offense. There are so many good pieces. I know they lost so many pieces, but Alabama is still Alabama's offense. Yeah. They still have a ton of weapons. Uh, I, I just think slam the brakes here. Wide receiver two, I'll buy. I will buy wide receiver two. I can't buy into wide receiver 12 because that is, that's too high for me. I, I can't imagine that wherever he's going, he's going to command a target share voluptuous enough to support that. Okay. What do you think, Jake? First of all, great use of the <laughs> word voluptuous in this instance. Uh, I try to work it into conversations as much as possible. Word of the day, toilet paper? Me too. I just <laughs> pick a word and every day I go with it. Uh, I will say Justin Jefferson does have me feeling like this is more possible than I would have last year, certainly, finishing as wide receiver six. Not too shabby in an offense that I didn't think that was capable of happening. With the Vikings, I truly did not see that as a possibility. Uh, yeah, I didn't either. I've stopped betting against talent because I have whipped. My biggest whips have been... It's all about the landing spot. It's about what offense that they find themselves in. I did that with A.J. Brown. I looked like a damned fool. I did that with uh, a bunch of people, actually. But, like, I don't 
bet against top tier talent anymore. So I'm going to say that it's very possible. So I'm going to one ball it. I'm not going to be so against it, but I'm going to say it's more likely that he is like 15, 16. Okay. And I want to just try to talk you guys into it really quick and then let me know if I change your mind at all. So I went through the last 16 seasons. I, I, I chose the year 2005. My data doesn't go th that far back. It goes back to 2000, but I went back to 2005. Of all of the college seasons, for any wide receiver, not just guys drafted early, all of the wide receivers in the ACC, in the Big Ten, and in the SEC. So I feel like those are the three biggest, hardest conferences, right? There's only been five wide receivers who have had a season, a college season of 1,400 receiving yards and 15-plus receiving touchdowns. And just remember, Devonta Smith was well over that. So it's not like I'm getting close to his numbers and like skewing them. Devonta Smith, for those of you who don't know, he hit 1,800 receiving yards and 23 touchdowns. I'm using 1,400 yards, 15 touchdowns as my metric. There's only been five wide receivers who did it. It's Devonta Smith. It's Jamar Chase in 2019. So he's also being drafted this year. It's Amari Cooper. It's Justin Jefferson, who we just saw have a stellar rookie season, and it's DeAndre Hopkins. Those are the five, and not limiting anything else. Those are the only five to do it. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, no, he didn't have the best rookie season, but he also had Matt Schaub, Case Keenum, and TJ Yates as his three quarterbacks starting. Uh, you know, they, they split time all throughout the year. So I'm not going to blame that on him. Amari Cooper, a thousand yards, his rookie season, only six touchdowns. So that kind of kept him from being a top 12 wide receiver. I just think Devonta Smith has all the talent in the world. And I could see a Justin Jeffer Jefferson season happening with him as long as he doesn't go to the Jets with Sam Darnold. So my question is, mm -hmm. if you were doing a dynasty startup right now, before you know landing spots, before you know anything, uh, where rookies are involved, where are you drafting Devonta Smith? Like, would you draft him in the first two rounds? Oh, like not just rookies, like both, both. rookies and veterans. Both. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's hard. I would have to say. I mean, okay, so super flex. I'll give you at least round three. Because I'm taking AJ Brown. I'm taking DK Metcalf over. I'm like these are guys that are going early second, maybe even late first. Um, yeah, I don't know. It would be hard. I would take Devonta Smith pretty early, though, after the top-tier wide receivers. Would you take him over DeAndre Hopkins, speaking of that list? Would you? No, Because of age? No? I wouldn't. I wouldn't get that ballsy. Okay. But I would take him over DJ Moore. Like, people are very high in DJ Moore right now. And, like, I would take him over him. He's been good. I would take him over Mike Evans. People aren't gonna hate that. Oh god, they already hate Ball Bless for yeah, my god. I don't I didn't say anything right there because <laughs> I can't I'm not I would to take him over him. Amari Cooper, someone I just named here, because yeah. I think CeeDee Lamb will end up taking over that team. Um Do you have any concerns? So uh, part of the I feel like one of the only concerns with Devonta Smith is the fact that he's got a relative skinny and he took eight more months to do good. Stop doing that voice when I talk. Don't. I'm not making that's fun a very of you. bad I'm interpretation making, of me. I'm making fun of Twitter, not you. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Guys, so. he's skinny. If you didn't know, okay, he's he's skinny. He's tall though, so it's fine. I'm fine with it. 
Uh, but yeah, he has a low BMI and there's a BMI crowd out there who is obnoxious. Uh, and then also he took until his junior year to have a good season in college. So people can't handle that. And he wanted to go back to finish his degree. And that is the worst thing that could ever happen in the Twitter world. Um, but yeah, no, I'm a big Devonta Smith fan and you guys don't have to agree, but I'm all in. I know. I, I love Devonta Smith. I'm very excited. I think regardless of where he ends up, even if it is with the Jets, between him, Denzel Mims, we might actually see some production. With Sam Darnold? No. I'm not. If we, get Joe, not, if we get Joe Flacco back there, sure. Sam Darnold is not the future there. So I'm saying, like, from a dynasty perspective, maybe there is some future for the Jets if he ends up there. But I'm not, I'm not getting, I'm not getting Did I change crazy. your mind at all, Jake? I think it's going to be, it's still going to be hard for me to put him inside the top 12. It always is because Justin Jefferson did what he did as a complete outlier. I think it had been many, many years prior to that. I don't have the exact list in front of me, but it hadn't been many yeah. years before when a rookie had actually done that for a wide receiver. So it's tough to bank on it. But I, I mean, I'm comfortable with the idea of him on the fringe, though. Like I, really I have am. him as my wide receiver 12. So it's not like Ooh. I am like super confident about him. I have him as a fringe, right? So I could miss that. He could be one spot lower than I think, and I would miss out on this take. Uh, but I just, I do love his talent. And maybe I'm being a little cocky here with wide receiver one. Uh, but I do think at, uh, he can definitely pull off an earlier wide receiver two. I think wide receiver two is too broad, right? The difference between a wide receiver 13 and a wide receiver 24 is so massive. Wide receiver 24 is it's like, ooh, you pretty much sucked for me all year. Should we get decimals? And wide involved? receiver 13 is so different. Uh, but either way, thanks for listening to me, guys, and me rant about Devonta Smith. Everybody, let us know if Michelle changed your mind Props for now. Devonta Smith. Uh, go ahead, follow the show at... Ball Blast FB. You can follow me, Kate, on Twitter at FF Ball Blast. You can follow me, Michelle, at Ball Blastem, Ball Blast E-M. And Jake, our new host. We are so excited. I hope you all enjoyed our first episode with Jake. Jake, tell them where to find you. You can find me on Twitter at my name, which is Jake Trowbridge. <laughs> His Twitter account is at J-A-K-E-T-R-O-W-B-R-I-D-G-E. Jake Trowbridge. Nailed it. First take. Nailed it. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the show. We are going to be back every single Thursday morning with Jake. We are so excited. This is a brand new adventure. Please check out BobblessFootball.com because we have all those rookie profiles. So exciting. Woop woop. Woop woop. Bye, y'all. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice. That is Jake, J-A-K-E-T-R-W-B-R-I-D-G-E. I just want to make sure that you guys can actually find him. Did I spell that right? What are you talking about? I looked at Oh your... boy, you left out a vowel. <laughs> what did I leave out? Left out that it big O. It was just Twelblidge! Twelblidge! And got... Twelblidge! <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, guys, 
Jake F. Effing Twitch! Oh my god, that was amazing. Alright, one second. And guys, if you didn't know how to spell that, you can find Jake at J A K E, that's Jake, at T R W R. Does the O have a line through it on your sheet? <laughs> oh my goodness. You're gonna need to do this. Oh my goodness. You just spell no, I wanna hear you do it again. Just spell out your name. I need to know you spell it. everyone because I know I really want you guys to be able to find Jake's Twitter account and he will not spell it for you.